And we're back. Mike Cernovich, Cernovich.com, back from the land of the dead and the land of the living. We will see. Going to talk a little bit more about ayahuasca. Don't worry. This is not going to become a hippy-dippy podcast anytime soon, but I do want to get this information out there. And something funny that I read about ayahuasca that, that resonated because it describes one of the effects it has on you is that you... I'll just I'll read it to you. It's a, it's a fantastic story. Um, the site is called okdork.com. That's okdork.com forward slash ayahuasca, which is spelled A-Y-A-H-U-A-S-C-A. And he said, another very busy friend who normally spends 15 minutes at most with me spent 1.5 hours and multiple conversations preparing me for the experience. And that's one of the, the strange uh, effects it has on you. That's how profound it is. And for me, there's really, other than TRT, nothing more profound than ayahuasca. And by TRT, I mean tes- testosterone replacement therapy. I know all these guys who are just like killing it at life. And they all have the same, oh man, feeling achy, not recovering. And I'm like, bro, you need TRT. But the flip side is that I don't, I'm not like a pusher, dude. I'm not selling TRT. I'm, I'm not selling anything. But you're just like, how can you not know about TRT? And that's very much how I feel about like ayahuasca, which is, you know, how can you not know about it? And and I say this again as somebody who had done it before, you know, several years ago, but I didn't have the experience that I had. Well, something I noticed, which was wild, and you notice a few things as you as you come down. The integration process is very important. I actually interviewed a couple of coaches who help people integrate. And especially important if you've never done like mindset coaching, I can imagine. So for me, you know, I mean, I literally wrote the book on mindset. If I hadn't done all this work before, I would definitely need to work with somebody to integrate it. So for me, the integration process was um, a good talk and dealing with the shaman. And this is set and setting. Write this down. Set and setting. When I finished the experience, it was apparently pretty, you know, wild. And I don't want to get in this ego thing. Oh, my experience was like so crazy. The the medicine teaches you it's unique, but it's unique to everyone. Everyone feels that uniqueness in their own way. So as it was my first time and I was doing really deep uh, purges, at the end, the guy, Shaman, looks at me and says, Hey, man, call me up if you feel like getting a divorce, leaving your family. Call me up because a lot of people do that. I just kind of laughed and I said, trust me, trust me, brother. You don't have to worry about that happening to me. But that happens with a lot of people. And that's why integration and set and setting is important. So set and setting means who are you with? Uh, who's the shaman? Who are the people you're around? What are things like? And you have to find that right vibe for you. And for me, I needed the kind of person, in other words, the kind of person who would tell me, hey, dude, don't be don't be some kind of granola cornflake after this and leave all your kids and go, you know, live in a tent or feel like you have to completely alter the course of your life. Don't do that, man. You know, call me first. If you're going through something, that is just confirmation that that was the right set and setting for me. That's the kind of person that would have put me into the right path to begin with. And it went completely right. Something I noticed that was really strange, though, was that when I was at the gym, I felt every movement. And I am sore in a way that I haven't been since, I think, two days in high school football. And it isn't because I two days I played high school football and everybody played high school football. You'd have two-a-day practices. After a, a summer off, or even if you went to the gym all summer and worked out, which I did, 
Two days are brutal. You wake up, it's two practices a day, two grueling workouts a day, and your whole body hurts. I remember getting dropped off a of football practice and having to use my arm to lift my leg outside of the car door to start walking. But then what's weird is you do the practice. That was something that I was a little bit aware of then, but not fully aware of until I went to basic training the summer before my senior year in high school was you're like in a grueling pain for two days. Oh, I can't even get out of the car. Oh my God, I'm so hurting. And then 30 minutes into practice, you're practicing. And that tells us that our pain thresholds, we don't understand, or rather our pain thresholds are a break that hits way too soon. Oh God, I can't even get out of the car. Nowadays, if I had a workout like that, I'd be like, oh man, I better not go to the gym today. You know, you can't train your muscle, too many tears or whatever. And then you tour a football, you're just, you're back at it again and somehow your body adapts. But I bring that up only because something happened to me during the experience and it, it this is why I'm believing the purging stuff. So going in, you you know, you, you read about, well, you're purging and you're purging um, spiritual toxins, physical toxins, and it clears up new pathways in your body. And I thought, oh, I mean, you're just, you're throwing up, dude, because you're taking this weird tea and everybody throws up this absurd, right? But it did. And the reason I know that it cleared up pathways is I have a mind-muscle connection that I haven't felt. I just looked at myself in the mirror just now, and I'm like freakishly big, which is weird because I'm on a little bit of TRT, but not that much. And something just happened where I'm able to feel my muscles work in a way that I haven't felt them work in decades and it hurts. Yesterday I did cold water therapy. I felt every degree of the cold plunge. Shauna even said to me, she goes, babe, like, why are you so cold? You usually come out at night. It's usually much colder than this. I was in the cold plunge during the day and it wasn't even an ice bath. It wasn't even fully iced. It was probably only in, you know, fifties, high fifties, maybe. And I said, I don't, I'm just, I'm cold in a way that I haven't felt the cold. And then I would go into the hot and I would feel the, the blood circulating, the remaining medicine circulating. So something happened, guys. That's, that's and it's something that I feel in my physical body in a way. I understand my physical body. I push my body physically. You've seen the pictures. I've been jacked. I've been fat. I've been thin. I boxed. I, you know, like I played college sports or whatever, but you know, I've, I've done high school sports, two a days kind of stuff. I've done jujitsu. I've done him da, 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 broken nose and fights. Da, 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 da. It's like, I know my body and I know what I'm feeling in my body is something new, something I haven't felt. And I think that, I think it's true. I think your body really does let go of toxins that are stored within your whole body. And I was thinking back even to when I uh, wrote Gorilla Mindset. I was in Vietnam on the mo- the motor Mukwam motorbikes. They're like a little bit. They're not a moped necessarily, but they're scooters, whatever you want to call them. And I would be sometimes get angry and I'd feel it in my legs. I would just feel like anger. And I would say, why do I feel anger in my legs? Never really, never really resonated with me. And I noticed lately because um, two thousand. 18 was a very, very bad year for me. Um, a lot of things I'm not going to talk about because the world I live in, you can never show, you know, vectors where people can attack you. So 2018 was a bad year. And then in 2019, something traumatic, uh, quite frankly, uh, happened to me. And I'm not going to go into that either because it's not the point. 
But I just noticed when I would go to bed, my legs would hurt. It was like restless leg syndrome kind of, and my quads would just really hurt. And then I'd try to lift, and I'd, I'd try to do like a leg, leg movement. I wouldn't feel any blood pumping in my legs. I couldn't get much of a pump. Actually, my whole body, I couldn't get a pump. I would even take um this like amazing pre-workout gorilla mode, and I would start to finally get like a pump, and I would take other vasodilators, but I just didn't feel that. There's that, right? That's all you can say. Like you go to the gym and you're lifting and you feel the blood circulating and the lactic acid built up in the pump and you're just like, hell yeah, I'm going to kill it, man. I'm just going to crush it. Haven't felt that way forever and I just felt sort of alienated or, or not in touch really with my body in a physical way. So I you know, gained a bunch of weight and just kind of sloppy and I'd go to the gym because I know it's good for me and you kind of have to, but my physique was crap really and... Uh, just because I, I wasn't feeling, I would go in and kind of lift another sucky workout. And I thought maybe it was just due to aging or whatever. And, and my first workout post ayahuasca, I wasn't even doing heavy weight or anything. I felt it. I felt every movement. I was doing cable crossovers yesterday and I felt every muscle fiber and my being hitting where it was like the cable crossovers felt like the heaviest bench press that I'd ever done in my life in terms of the tensile strength or the tense or the tonality of the muscle. And that was, I think, again, due to the trauma being purged from my body. I feel my body now. And I realized my body was numb in a lot of ways. I would, again, do the cold water therapy. Because I have these benchmarks, right? Which is why I'm sharing this with you because a lot of you have, have, you know my benchmarks. You know I've been doing Wim Hof breathing for five years. You know I've done the ice baths. You know I do the saunas. You know I've done a lot of kind of extreme physical stuff. And the cold, like I said, I felt every degree of that cold plunge. I can't imagine if it had been an ice bath. I probably wouldn't have been able to do an ice bath at this point because I'm feeling everything new. Everything's sort of new. Everything's sort of raw. Perceptually, things are changing. And that's why I'm not a skeptic anymore about the stuff, the purging of your body, your body holding on to trauma. They call it trauma. I don't know. They have these languages and you know, going into it, I sort of fought the languages uh, because that's what we do, right? We have that ego. We're men. We're strong. We've done a few things in life, right? I'm not some guy. I've never done anything in life. I'm a failure and I need to feel like a winner. It's like kind of the opposite. I'm like, dude, I've done like literally historical things. There's like a book out about my life. There's a movie about my life like coming out. I've made member of Congress resign. Like I've broken major, major stories like by any objective metric. Like, I've done it, and so then when you go into that, you're like, I've done it. I don't want to hear about trauma, trauma on the body. Oh, God, <laughs> right? This is just not my vibe. Just give me the medicine. And then you come out from that, and you you realize, uh, you fool. Um, you, were, you were wrong. That was, again, your own resistance, and that's why the ayahuasca was... Uh, traumatic to me in a way, and 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 I again I described that to early, earlier podcast, where I was suspended in time and space, and my body was releasing. I was cold, freezing cold, and then burning up warm, and you know crying out for help. The body, um, the, like I said, I told, told us in the first one, the first feeling that I got was literally like a cocoon. I was covered up and so warm. And I felt an orgasm more powerful than any orgasm that I had ever felt. And it wasn't sexual. And I don't know how to explain it. But now I realize that was something, um, I think it was anesthesia actually, because 
something I want to touch on again is how the medicine talks to you and how plant medicine is different than a drug. And to, just to reemphasize, if if I take say a pre workout with a lot of caffeine, oh, I'm on caffeine, right? I'm amped up. You drink you know a bunch of shots of espresso. You know how caffeine feels. I've taken trend, right? You like you know how that makes you feel. You take tennis, You know how that makes you feel. It's very one way. That's a drug is one way. You take modafinil. It's one way. Plant medicine, you're talking to it. It is changing. It is giving you what you need at the time and then taking away what it just gave you and then taking you to somewhere else and then telling you it's going to be okay and then telling you, ha, I was just kidding. It's not going to be okay. Now you're here. It's a two-way conversation because you're also talking to it. You're saying, don't do this. I can't believe this. Uh, it's a conversation. I've never had any sort of experience like that by far with any kind of drug. That's why I don't think ayahuasca is a drug. It is, if, if you ask me what's the difference between a drug and uh, plant medicine, I would say a drug or even a synthetic medicine is a one-way experience. It's going to take you to a certain place. You're going to take Adderall and you're going to feel a certain way and that's just the way it is. Plant medicine is a two-way experience. A plant medicine is, okay, I'm going to, like in the case of me, okay, Cernovich, I'm going to completely... Anesthetize you. Probably butcher that word. But I'm going to completely numb you, or not even, it's not numb because you feel amazing, right? Something different. I'm going to give you this high that you've never felt before, but you think that you're getting high, but ha, ah, the joke's on you. I only did that because it was anesthesia for the pain that's coming. So the pain that's coming, I think, for me would have been even worse. It would have been so horrific that I, my body couldn't have physically taken it. So I was first given that deep-seated, much-needed anesthesia, again, doesn't nail it because it, it wasn't numbing me to the world. It's giving me a heightened sensation. And then it put me through the work. And I felt the next day like I got into a fight. My body hurt. I remember you know, if you've ever done any kind of like competitive sport or something, when you have like a real high adrenaline rush, you you know, you do the fight or whatever, and the next day you just, oh, God, what happened? Did I get in a car crash or something? Somebody body slammed me? That was the feeling the next day and the day after I was out of it, exhausted. You know, even you know, even um, today, I had like a moment of exhaustion a few hours ago where I thought I was just about to pass out. So I'm doing you know meditation and breathing, and th there's other stuff you should do. And again, if if you ever do ayahuasca, which I'm not advising or anything like that, this is you got to have a coach for sure. You got to have somebody to help you integrate. And that's another point about ayahuasca I wanted to make was that. When you've done it, it's kind of hard. You like you just want to talk about it a lot. It's kind of weird, right? You feel like a religious zealot or like a religious convert. I remember I've never been dismissive. I'm not going to say never because of the ego. I've been an insufferable PRICK at many points in my life. But as I matured as a man, I was less dismissive of religion because I was open to the possibility that people who have deep religious experiences with Jesus or Allah or their God— Maybe they just have a perceptual ability that I don't have. Maybe they can just see something or feel something that I can't feel. And you notice when a new person, because I grew up in the churches, a new person would like come to Jesus and be like, oh my, and there was a look to their eye where you could tell like, okay, man, these are Jesus freaks, you'd call them. And not in a bad way, they, they would like that terminology. And I tried and tried, I just never felt it. I went through the everything you could imagine to try to just feel this. And I would always think, why don't I feel this? Right? Or these all these other people just kind of making it up. 
they have that look. And then they want to talk to everybody about Jesus. And I was like, okay, you know, even now when people, I talk about this plant medicine stuff, they're like, talk to them about Jesus. I'm like, look, man, I grew up in this. Please don't. Okay, just have a little respect. You know, you know I'm not bombarding everybody and your comments about ayahuasca. I'm, you have to come to me, for, right? That's the difference. You have to come to my stuff to see or listen to me talk about ayahuasca. I'm not going to come over to your world and comment on all your websites and comment on all your social media. You got to do ayahuasca. I'm not going to do that. So it's, it works both ways. And there, there is something profound about it in, in a way where, like I led at the beginning of the show, this, that blog, I think he's a kind of like a high, high level entrepreneur guy or an internet guy pretending to be, you never know. And I don't say that to throw shade. I'm just saying, I don't know. I've seen so many people on the internet though. They're, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a teacher, be an entrepreneur. You're like, oh no. Um, but yeah, his successful friend, I, I, you know, this 15 minutes. Good to see you. That was it. Wait, you're into ayahuasca. Hold on. Are you doing okay? Okay. Here's the plan. I got unlimited time for you. That's how his friend was saying. I can limit time for you. I'm the same way. Like, you know, if a good friend of mine said to me, like, I think I'm gonna do ayahuasca. I'd be like, all right, man, let's do it. Come on over. Let's talk. Let's, let's game plan it out. Let's figure out what would make it work. And why is that? I don't know. I, there was a New Yorker article I linked to in my ayahuasca piece earlier, which is that maybe the, the, the vine, I forget which, what the name of the plants are. So it's a vine and a leaf that you blend together. Maybe they're the spokesperson for the plant world, right? Where at this point people are saying, I'm going to cut down the Amazon rainforest. Like, no, you're not. We got to go down there, guys. We can't, we can't be letting them cut down these, these vines and these leaves. Who knows what else is in the Amazon jungle? So it's, like a brain parasite almost where they, they're they like, this is how you say, this is the real way that you um, save the planet, save the whales. So maybe um, all these people saying about global warming, climate change and all that hysteria, you know, maybe they just got to be like, hey man, take ayahuasca. And, and you'd be like, yeah, man, pollution is bad. I don't know if global warming, I don't really buy into all that stuff, but you know what? We do need to have a lot of green spaces. We need to take care of the plants. Who knows what else is in the plant medicines that we haven't been able to discover. And nature's good. The synthetic the world that we live in is actually making us sicker. Technology is making us sicker. So it's kind of like a mind virus. Now, I don't actually, um, I'm saying that kind of half seriously, half joking, but only with a, a sense of humility for the experience because I still don't know what happened. I, I know that I've read a lot of stories. I'd read books about it years ago about antigens. I'd done plenty of homework. But when you go through it, you still don't know what happened. And this is a common experience you read in everybody. And that was too why the, the message of ayahuasca was, remember it said you, you're, you're special because you're you and everyone is special, right? And you, well, that's kind of hokey. No, you, when you go through it, I, I was thinking kind of like a birth, Right. Kind of a dumb thing you say as a man is, oh, how could childbirth be a miracle? Because, you know, people say the miracle of childbirth. Oh, how could childbirth be a miracle? Billions of people have been born. It's nothing, right? Well, okay, go have a kid, you know? Go have a kid with the woman you love. And then tell me it's not a miracle. Tell me that there's not something magical to that. Even though it's a biological process that's been repeated billions of times throughout human history. When you go through it, it is absolutely something unique, something special. And just because everybody else, is, and that's the two where the ego comes in is your your shine isn't taking away anybody else's shine. Their shine's not taking away your shine. Their miracle doesn't mean you can't have the miracle. It isn't 
a scarcity of miracles. There's an abundance of miracles, and everyone can feel these miracles. And that's childbirth as being one example can be a very profound experience. And the same thing too is with the plant medicine. It is a unique, profound experience that people have similar descriptions of it. And and by the way, reading about it, reading about it will not take away your experience. You can read about it. Oh, you're going to see, you know, colors and fractals and there's going to be this light show and you're going to be presented with what you need to see. You can read all that. It doesn't matter. Read that. Go read that for 10 years. <laughs> one hour, one hour of ayahuasca and it, it doesn't matter. So it's not going to kill the, I don't want to say buzz because it isn't a buzz, but you're not going to ruin it by doing research and reading into it and doing your homework because it hits you at such a level that you don't, you don't understand it. It makes you ask what the, what the, what reality is, what the universe is, what, what our spirits are. Are we leaving and going into another plane of dimension or is that plane of dimension within us? Or does that question not even make sense because we're all in this pantheatic oneness, one with God, one with each other, one with the world, one with ourselves simultaneously. You don't, you don't know. That's ayahuasca, my friends. I, I, I'm not going to. I'll probably write an article about it to, you know, help people out and, and put the word out and everything in terms of, uh, you know, people who not everybody likes podcasts and whatnot. But I will, I will say, my friends, that it is is a profound experience, and I'm feeling it still in terms of something with my body, something being purged, and I'm I'm definitely, I don't say I'm pro. I'm just saying that. It's a profound experience, and it's something that I think everyone should look into for themselves and find out if something like that's right for you. Thanks for listening. Mike Cernovich, Cernovich.com, C-E-R-N-O-V-I-C-H.com.